Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. This show is for grinders, people who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. But it's not about business ownership, it's entrepreneurship. It's, it's this relentless dissatisfaction that, or, or, or the, the, an inner conviction yeah. that there's something wrong about the outer world and that you need to fix it. You know, it, may, it doesn't have to be very big, but in your world, it is the most important thing at that moment. Hey, Grinders, I have a special announcement for you. For this week only, you can send in your business idea to the daily grind podcast and we're going to select three people three business ideas whom we believe we can really help and take to that next level and for one month you're going to go under our wing and we're going to mentor you 100 percent free and after that month we're going to make sure that you're set up and we're actually going to promote your business and you on the show This is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so if you have a great business idea, if you're in business looking to go to that next level, go to dailygrindpodcast.com, fill out the form there, send us in your business idea, and we're going to pick three people in order to mentor and kill it in business and life. Joining us today on the show is Dr. Eric Joachimsteiler. Dr. Eric Jochumsteiler is one of the world's leading authorities on brand strategy, innovation, and marketing. His interests focus on the impact of technology and strategy, the digitalization of industries and categories, and the role of innovation and branding. Over the last 19 years, Eric has led Vivaldi, a global brand strategy firm with headquarters in New York City as founder and CEO to help companies build strong brands, unlock innovation, and realize new growth opportunities in today's era of digital disruption. Eric is the best-selling author of several books and has written over 100 articles on strategy, innovation, and branding. Today on the show, Eric shares his amazing journey with us. So as always, everyone, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, sit back, and enjoy today's powerful interview with Dr. Eric Johamsteiler. Well, Eric Johamsteiler, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Good, very good, thanks. Thanks so much for being here, Eric. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind, just say for some listeners, audience members being first introduced to you today, just kind of in your own words, expanding on your intro and sharing a bit more of who you are and what you do. Uh, yes, my name is Eric Jochemsthaler. I am the CEO of Vivaldi Group. Uh, we are a consulting company in New York City. We um, have eight offices around the world, primarily Europe, US. Uh, and we started about 2000, the year 2000. Uh, if you want to have a time where you, an impeccable bad time, a company started <laughs> 2000. <laughs> so that's about, that's Vivaldi. Fair enough. And and what's your story, Eric? Like, take us, I guess, first of all, you know, 
have you always had the entrepreneurial bug? Did you always know you were going to do something yourself? <laughs> uh, yes, I did. I I got a de- I got detoured. I, you know, I had all these uh, entrepreneurial inspirations back in when I went to yeah. university. And but I I detoured because my professors told me, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should do a PhD, you should of be course. a professor. I became a professor, and at some point in time, I said, this is it. You know, I'm done. I need to do something in the real world. Gotcha. So you make that decision that you need to do something in the real world. world. Yeah. What are some steps you took in order to, to get into entrepreneurship and launch your business? Um, I didn't do much. I have to say that uh, sort of like I, it's almost like I was thrown into it. My, my wife, um, I was in this beautiful university job in Charlottesville, Virginia, the University uh, of Virginia. Um, I had great students. I, I really enjoyed the classroom. And my wife said one day, let's go to New York. I want to live in New York. You follow me or if you don't follow me, I send you some papers. <laughs> so, so I said, look, with that option, I, I'd rather follow you. And so I ended up in New York and I had to make my life here. Okay, so how did Vivaldi come about? Like, how how did you get the idea? How did this start? I I thought that um, I had this belief that uh, as I came to the city, that um, the way the way people built consulting companies operated at the time and agencies operated, I think that was some fundamental flaw, the way they think uh, and the way they help clients. And I said, I need to change that. I I had written a book while I was a professor. I did a few articles. They, these things became popular and that sort of gave me the the um, sort of the, the, the heart to say, I think that my own ideas actually are reasonably good yeah and i'm going to i'm going to build around that when i come to new york and and what flaws did you see at the time in, in the consulting business like how how did you do things differently yeah i the the way it worked at the time is that there were on one side there was the more stra- traditional strategic consulting firms like mckinsey bcg and bain and in my opinion in those days they they were totally removed from consumers they had no sense about consumers they were they were sort of this powerpoint uh, uh masters and, yeah. and would produce the advice to ceos and and on the other side there were the agencies uh, design agencies when they thought of a brand let's say they thought of logos and visual identities and they would they would just think of of tactics and i i thought that in between this one side and the other side the agency and the consulting there's a spot in the middle that i need to fill and and, and that's what i wanted to build i wanted to build a, a firm right there in that in that sweet spot Gotcha. So you launched this in in two th- year two thousand, right? Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Gotcha. So at what point, say, like how many years in, how many months in, did things start to did you start to realize that you really had something here, and now it's time to grow? <laughs> you know, I the 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 way I started it is I said I'm going to I'm going to be fifteen people by the end of the year. Uh, from zero, and then yeah. by in the second year, I'm going to do an IPO. That was the, the in in the two in the year 2000. That was sort of the idea. Okay, <laughs> and and that was a, a pipe dream. And but I had this idea of of 
building it. So for me, it was a grand vision because uh, even the one-year goal to to employ people, I never employed people while I was a professor and an academic. And and to me, being in New York City, the expense that comes with, with having an office, making a commitment over five years on a lease and hiring very expensive people, most of them, their salaries actually are much higher than my own. Uh, um, hmm. as, a, as a professor yeah. <laughs> and so for me this was quite dizzying and quite a commitment and and um, I I think that the first to me the, to, the, the answer to your question uh, Colin is that I I think after uh, after I, I realized when I um, three months into this or in the first three four months I realized that I was so attached to the people that I hired mm. I realized that I must make this work because because what if I have to fire these people because what if I don't have enough work and and this this commitment of of, of the, these people that I, that I was sitting in this room with me at the beginning that I that I promised that we will be doing an IPO in the second year that 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 that, that drew that sort of chose to work with me in, in, in building this from scratch. That that commitment sort of said was for me sort of the point where I say, this is no joke here. I'm going to make this work whatever it costs. So it's sort of like skin in the game, so to speak. Of course, of course. And and I mean now you have have the chance to work with some huge companies like Samsung, Verizon, Airbnb, Ford, American Express, just to name a few. Like looking back on it, what was your say your first your first big break? Like what was your first introduction into into a big company and what was that first big break for you? I, I remember that very well. The, actually the company is Boeing um, okay. in Seattle. Uh, the company called me, somebody from the company, and asked me whether I can can help them on some things, matters, and I said of course yes. <laughs> and and <laughs> in hindsight, um, when I first traveled to Seattle, um, I wasn't even sure. I didn't, I didn't have a sense of what Boeing really was. I, I was, I think it probably, I benefited from a lot of naivety. I, I was new to the country, uh, new to, to the city. I, I, to me, it was a bit of, I was, I wasn't, I was, Sort of like um, I only when I was actually in Seattle and I I met the the senior executives I it dawned on me this is this is this is huge yeah <laughs> so it was a that I think that helped a lot being not knowing what I was doing <laughs> <laughs> and and not knowing what you were doing probably helped you right like having a bit of that naiveness in you I, I mean I think it helps a lot of people. I, I I remember I met the um, they asked me who would you want to meet at the company and uh, the the person who invited me and I said of co- yes of course I know who I want to meet the CEO <laughs> <laughs> and then they said well I'm sorry the CEO is not available Dr Joachimsthaler would it be okay if we could meet if you would meet also the COO and then I said yeah that's good enough and <laughs> <laughs> clearly I did not know what I was t- saying at the time. But, but truthfully, the the, the person uh, who was in the, at that time in the job, he took a liking to what I had to say. I was I had a conviction about how I can help Boeing, and and we began a journey for several years that that I think was a, rare, a, a wonderful. Um, it's still today a wonderful memory, and uh, uh, for both uh, Boeing and for us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, kind of looking back at your career, a lot of people listening to the show are are either in business or looking to get started in something. And I'm sure a lot of people would love to work with the companies that you are. And based on sort of who you've worked with, how have you built your reputation to a point where these companies really trust you with handing over things and, and you being able to execute? Yeah, I think that um, I think that people they I think that one thing that very works very much for me and people still say this today, you know, they they will say I've never met a person who has who who loves so much what he, what he does. Mm. You are just you are so lucky. You are so passionate. You're so committed, and I think that. Um, what really helped me early on, even uh, in the first engagement and first work, especially with the very with companies that I with, that I would have revered and respected, is I, 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 there's sort of a level of trust and honesty or authenticity. You come, I will say, look, I'm convinced this is what we must do. I'm. I, it's it, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, and I yeah. and I try to be never to be arrogant, but I try to believe I, I I strongly believed what I what that I can help, and and the client would say, look, uh, you know you 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 really believe it, and so we would hire me, they would hire me just because they say, look, you really you're you believe that and I say like yes I do and and I want to do the work so it was like people gave you give you a break if break if you're really honest and trust and trust if you don't pretend to be to be sort of like the, the answer to everything you just you say like look I don't have an answer I don't know what the answer is I'm gonna work extremely hard I'm gonna make it work and and and, and they say okay I believe what is this? What is the process? And they say one. Two, I say one, two, three. And they say, okay, I trust. I trust you're the right person. And and that's. I think that helps. Yeah, it's kind of. Show, it sounds like it's showing a little bit of you and your vulnerability as opposed to trying to go in there and, and be someone whom you're not. Totally. I think that's so. Today, you know, today we all have uh, um, uh, Apple computers and Adobe and 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 design talents, and yep. you can quickly make up a lot of things. And I think that sometimes, um, sometimes in this world where everybody can make up a lot of things, and and uh, 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 just being being just saying, look, the the truth is. I have not. I don't know the answer, but yeah. I know what I'm going to do in order to get there. And people give you a lot of breaks. Uh, and uh, so, in, in and I think in in my field at the, at the time, there were there were there were no good answers. There were no. Um, they, and everybody was sort of like trying to figure out how do you make this work. And and so there's a, there's um, so there's a there were there's a relative. Sort of was an uncertainty. It's not something that somebody could have said. I, 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 there's a better answer over here. Everybody was trying to figure it out. I think that helped too. The context. Yeah, is that something that you learned? Like you learned to 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 tell people that you don't have all the answers, or is that something like you just kind of intuitively had? You know, uh, maybe I, that comes from teaching. Uh, when you yeah. teach uh, at the executive level, you know, I was I was 27 years old when. When I was when somebody invited me to teach at the University of Southern California, and I was teaching leadership, oh wow! And I and I go like in the executive program, and I realized 
how possibly i have no even i'm 27 years old i have no clue what is leadership for god's <laughs> sake how could i possibly teach senior executives and and what happens is um maybe when you when you face these kind of environments you learn you don't want to be pretentious you don't want to be arrogant what you want to say is, is you want to say look this is a dialogue. This is a conversation. I think you you learn to be get humble because you can lose in a classroom in, in when you teach. You can lose in the entire audience because there these people. There are ninety people in your classroom. There, there's always somebody a lot smarter than you are. So you don't want to sort of like show off. You want to be. You want to try to solicit the thoughts from. So you try to be. You, you try to be almost like a um, supporting the learning process, and, yes. and in the same way in business, you know, you, especially when you work with very very smart companies, the best you know brands around the world, they do know their things. They know they're very good. Yeah. And so you don't want to come in and say, "I know it better." Mm, very interesting. And I mean, you've been doing this now for eighteen, almost nineteen years, coming yep. up in two thousand and nineteen. Looking back at, at, say, the early days, Eric, what were, say, or what was one of the biggest mistakes you made? Like, what was it? What was something that you can look back on and go, oh, I, I should have done things differently that they can maybe help some people out there? I think that um, if I may say, um, I, at the beginning, I said always, uh, if I get the best clients, uh, that gives me give me a lot of money or reasonably you know, at the time for me yeah. uh, a lot, enough money. I can attract the best consultants and the best people. Mm. And to me, the equation was, you know, you want to work, you want to work for me and with me and build this entity here called Vivaldi because we work with the best clients around the world. And and look, we are we are we are on a you know gross thing and what i forgot is and and at some point in time i i realized that um it is not just always clients first it it obviously helps in the in in sort of keep a quality standard up and 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 build that reputation but i also realized that uh, over time I, I realized that and and at the beginning i think that the big learning lesson is you start the company, at least me, I started the company, uh, the clients will say, Eric, you are the one, I want you, you are the best thinker, you are the best in your company, you you, I want you to work for me. And I needed to learn that it is not me that is the show, um, that it is, if, and even the client will give you all this, this, this reinforcement. It is, you need to sort of like, make a shift and says how do i build a number of people around you that that stay with you for a reasonably period of time mm. and and uh, uh, during a lifetime and and i think that that sh- that switch where you say it is not you may have be, you started the company you may be the top guy you may be the, the you may be uh, the most important people to many but trying to sort of like Dialed it back and and that that uh, and and sort of let other people grow in the organization. I think that's very important. It's a big shift that you make in the in the years. Yeah, and I think it's a shift that a lot of people have to go through, right? Because like when you're starting a business, for a lot of times it's the first go for people, and and you don't really think of of being able to build other talent around you and let letting them grow. I think it's difficult. 
Yeah, and I think this is where a small business grows to medium size and a larger business. It yeah. is, it is, and it's very hard. You know, it's easy to say, you know, Eric, you need to delegate, but, but you know, like, and 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 you always think you can do everything a lot better and a lot faster and a lot, uh, and 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 but once you to make the transition and to say I am not interested in creating the 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 show of Eric let's say or the show of the, my show I am cre- trying to create an enduring company something that that goes beyond me something that that lifts on their own something mm. that 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 um, sort of I become less and less sort of the centerpiece and you know I'm not sitting at the top of the table anymore I'm sitting on the side now sort of like this it's an interesting I, it's you need to hire very talented people and 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 the people that are more talented than you. Yeah, <laughs> in my case, it is easy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so true. And and for you, like, if you could kind of break down in terms of say some behaviors you have, whether they be like routines or rituals, but what are some things that that you've done on a consistent basis that you feel like have really helped you, kind of push you forward and be able to sustain the success and grow to this point that you have? Well, I think that, um, you know, starting a company, there is a lot of romanticism about it. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, that there is some people have motivations and say they become wealthy and some people uh, have motivations that they own something that they are, they, they're controlling and something. And, and I, I think that um, there's, this, there's a big illusion. And it's, I think that uh, about that because there is not that much romanticism. Uh, there is actually, I'm extremely hard worker. I work very hard and yeah. I I have put my priorities very closely between uh, my personal life and my professional life and, and always sort of strive for that, that balance. But there is no balance in when you start a business it's the bay it's your baby you work extremely hard and and you forget that you you know the other day i was late in the office and mm-hmm. uh, and the the, the 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 some people some construction people came to do some breakthrough to the next floor okay. that are of, the, of our building sort of they they create a stairs upstairs and the guy walked up to me and he says you must be the owner <laughs> you know, because nobody, you are only at 11 or 12 o'clock in the night and, and at your age. And, and, and I think that's, that's sort of like, that's sort of one trait. I think that's, that um, is very important. Yeah. And the other one is the second one, perhaps Colin is, you know, I always look around the next corner. I always look around. People say, Eric, you're so visionary. This is so amazing. I really believe what you what we are going to do in the next three years or something. So I'm always luring about what is next? What is next? Where do we go from here? What's the next stage? And, and so, um, and then trying to bring people along this, I think it's this is really what what really requires over so many years because because every you need to the people are very excited when when you, when they see that that we are we are we are, made, we are deciding on a direction and then we get the traction and and they sort of a celebratory motivational positive momentum that develops and to keep that up over all these years it's not easy and i think that's a that's a secret as, or to, as a very important success factor yeah you know what it's so funny right because i think a lot of people they look at and and the last you know what's the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur and for me, what I look at is is exactly what you said. I think a lot of people get complacent 
But whereas you as an entrepreneur, I believe that entrepreneurs are always curious and they're always looking for that next thing because they understand that today may not be tomorrow. So you have to look at new things in order uh, in, in order to improve. It's so interesting. We had a conversation with one of our chief creative here. He says, you know what the Elon Musk from Tesla, what he's all about? And I go like, what do you mean? And he goes like, you know, he's all about being dissatisfied. He's yeah. always dissatisfied. So and and there is a little bit to this. An entrepreneur is, is there's sort of like some, some, um, it's, yeah, it's not about business ownership. It's entrepreneurship. It's, it's this relentless dissatisfaction that, or, or, or the, the, an inner conviction yeah. that there's something wrong about the outer world and that you need to fix. And, you know, it, may, it doesn't have to be very big, but in your world, it is the most important thing at that moment or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you, you have to believe in something so much, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know it is that sort of the interesting thing. We, I, I create a vision. You know, we're going to be a hundred million. Uh, uh, I, I declared and um, uh, uh, in 2020 or something. And then people go like, um, people, uh, our we, our CFO says, well, what is our financial plan now in order to do that? And and what our HR person says, what's our what's our HR strategy for that? I go like, it's a vision. It's not a plan. It's not a, a financial objective. You get it all wrong. Yeah. So. So they go like, yeah, but but how is it possible? They go like, look, it is possible. Here's here's roughly my idea. <laughs> and so what happens is, this this that 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 it it affects people and 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 but it is it is coming. It's not something that it's made up. At least in my case, it's it. I really believe it. There is an inner conviction about this, and and it draws in people. And and actually, you know, believe it or not we make it happen i'm sure we will you know so it's it's sort of like it's it's um there was this book um about steve Jobs. they called it the reality distortion field yeah so he probably he probably was a master in that as i read in that book in a small world i think all every entrepreneur has that a bit yeah absolutely and you know for you eric looking back at your career looking back at what you've done and and you do have a lot of years left in you but if you could go back in time and, and speak to a younger version of yourself and, and offer yourself a piece of advice or piece of guidance, I'm wondering what you would tell yourself. Um, I think what I would do is, is if very early on, I would, um, I would spend a lot more time um, um, th thinking and deliberating about the people that are around me because yeah. at the end of the day it's not about you it's a it and as i told you earlier colin you know i thought it was about the best clients to have and that will 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 be the drive train and the cash that comes with it it's not the cash people the best people don't come because of the cash that you can give them and 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 this this when I look now and think of the people that I at at, Vival, at our company Vivaldi, you know that you have no idea how how enormously gratifying it is when you think of some of the people that have been here all along for the entire t time of the uh, since the beginning almost from the first year on and and they have and and I think that when you look when you look deep down you realize that 
no, none of this would be around if not if all of these people have, wouldn't have sort of be, been part of that journey. So 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 having that early on that break um, and, and and getting to the right people is very important because especially you know it's it's much easier today when you when the company is mature then yeah. there's a company there's a HR department people help you recruit and everything but early on you need to get lucky and and the only way you can lucky is to spend a lot of time not just thinking about the app you develop or the technology you want to launch or the 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 the, the, the mechanics of the business but but thinking about the people that you really cherish the people that you really you know have the heart at the right place and 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 have th that i think is sort of like the big break yeah absolutely and now lastly for you eric the way we end every show here is you know people listening they're business owners, they're looking to start something, they're looking to break out of that nine to five. What parting piece of guidance or, or what thought of the day can you leave everyone off with today? I, I well, I, you know, my break, as I said earlier, was uh, when I, uh, I, I decided that I'm going to make this commitment to the first three or four people that I hired. I hired them at a higher salary than I even had myself, you know, as a university professor. And I made the commitment. And, and I think that the big break was I did not have a plan of how I can pay them in the third months. I had a vision about it, but there was no plan and the bank <laughs> account wasn't there. I knew that within three months there was not enough money for the, the mortgage or the apartment that my, my wife rented. And, and uh, um, and the people and 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 what happened is um, magically what I have found is when you take that chance against and you say like look I don't know I don't know whether that's even possible and when you take that chance and you realize months one comes by months two when you are on that journey you become incredibly inventive to raise money or to to find the project or client work in order to make it work because and so you need to take you need to at least in my opinion for me personally it was necessary that i i take this step in the dark mm. in order to and and there was no plan to that there yeah. was not a 3 months plan there was not a financial plan there was nothing it was just i got to have i think the commitment the commitment required me to become inventive if i had the money then i probably would have become lazy but because i didn't have the money i needed to find out how to sell how do you run this business and 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 this necessity of of making it work is the best learning experience and and it's better to do it earlier than later and it's like it's like everybody has to go through that learning lesson there is no you it's you got to jump in the dark it's it's cold water it's it's a cold shower really cold <laughs> yeah absolutely and now eric what's the best way our audience could reach out learn more about you and connect with you well, you know, with my with my last name, it's pretty easy. You know, any combination leads to Joachim Stahler. <laughs> there are not that many around, but I, I initialize with ej at vivaldigroup.com. ej at vivaldigroup.com is my email. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there. I'm I'm an avid um, liking and Twitter and all those social media stuff. I, I just hang out on, 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 on the news all the time. And 
read and, and, and like and tweet and retweet. <laughs> Amazing. Well, everyone, I will share that email address to make it super simple. And feel free to reach out if you Thank have you. any questions for Eric. I'll also share his social links if you want to follow him on LinkedIn and Twitter. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion and hunger. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Eric. Eric, what's your last Joachim name? Stahler. <laughs> Eric Joachim Styler. <laughs> Eric, That's thank the you. Canadian way of spelling, yeah. And That's I it. I knew it was going to be a struggle the minute I, I jumped on here. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Eric, thanks so much for taking yeah, time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with me today. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Take care, everyone. And everyone, if you liked today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment, share it with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.